Section 27. A New Way of Escape for Lost Women. The Rescue Homes. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Hirsch. Perhaps there is no evil more destructive of the best interests of society, or confessedly more difficult to deal with remedially, than that which is known as the social evil. We have already seen something of the extent to which this terrible scourge has grown, and the alarming manner in which it affects our modern civilization. We have already made an attempt at grappling with this evil, having about thirteen homes in Great Britain, accommodating 307 girls under the charge of 132 officers, together with 17 homes abroad, open for the same purpose. The whole, although a small affair compared with the vastness of the necessity, nevertheless constitutes perhaps the largest and most efficient effort of its character in the world. It is difficult to estimate the results that have been already realized. By our varied operations, apart from these homes, probably hundreds, if not thousands, have been delivered from lives of shame and misery. We have no exact return of the number who have gone through the homes abroad, but in connection with the work in this country, about 3,000 have been rescued and are living lives of virtue. The success has not only been gratifying on account of the blessing it has brought these young women, the gladness it has introduced to the homes to which they have been restored, and the benefit it has bestowed upon society, but because it has assured us that much greater results of the same character may be realized by operations conducted on a larger scale and under more favorable circumstances. With this view, we propose to remodel and greatly increase the number of our homes both in London and the provinces, establishing one in every great center of this infamous traffic to make them very largely receiving houses, where the girls will be initiated into the system of reformation, tested as to the reality of their desires for deliverance, and started forward on the highway of truth, virtue, and religion. From these homes, large numbers, as at present, would be restored to their friends and relatives, while some would be detained in training for domestic service and others passed on to the farm colony. On the farm they would be engaged in various occupations. In the factory, at bookbinding and weaving, in the garden and glass houses amongst fruit and flowers, in the dairy making butter, in all cases going through a course of housework which will fit them for domestic service. At every stage the same process of moral and religious training, on which we specially rely, will be carried forward. There would probably be a considerable amount of intermarriage amongst the colonists, and in this way a number of these girls would be absorbed into society. A large number would be sent abroad as domestic servants. In Canada, the girls are taken out of the rescue homes as servants, with no other reference than is gained by a few weeks' residence there, and are paid as much as three pounds a month wages. 
the scarcity of domestic servants in the Australian colonies, western states of America, Africa, and elsewhere is well known. And we have no doubt that on all hands our girls with twelve months' character will be welcomed. The question of outfit and passage money being easily arranged for by the persons requiring their services advancing the amount, with an understanding that it is to be deducted out of their first earnings. Then we have the colony oversea, which will require the service of a large number. Very few families will go out who will not be very glad to take a young woman with them, not as a menial servant, but as a companion and friend. By this method, we should be able to carry out rescue work on a much larger scale. At present, two difficulties very largely block our way. One is the costliness of the work. The expense of rescuing a girl on the present plan cannot be much less than seven pounds. That is, if we include the cost of those with whom we fail, and on whom the money is largely thrown away. Seven pounds is certainly not a very large sum for the measure of benefit bestowed upon the girl by bringing her off the streets, and that which is bestowed on society by removing her from her evil course. Still, when the work runs into thousands of individuals, the amount required becomes considerable. On the plan proposed, we calculate that from the date of their reaching the farm colony, they will earn nearly all that is required for their support. The next difficulty which hinders our expansion in this department is the want of suitable and permanent situations. Although we have been marvelously successful so far, having at this hour probably 1,200 girls in domestic service alone, still the difficulty in this respect is great. Families are naturally shy at receiving these poor unfortunates when they can secure the help they need combined with unblemished character, and we cannot blame them. Then again, it can easily be understood that the monotony of domestic service in this country is not altogether congenial to the tastes of many of these girls who have been accustomed to a life of excitement and freedom. This can be easily understood. To be shut up seven days a week with little or no intercourse, either with friends or with the outside world, beyond that which comes of the weekly church service or night out with nowhere to go, as many of them are tied off from the Salvation Army meetings, becomes very monotonous. And in hours of depression it is not to be wondered at if a few break down in their resolutions, and fall back into their old ways. On the plan we propose, there is something to cheer these girls forward. Life on the farm will be attractive. From there, they can go to a new country and begin the world afresh, with the possibility of being married and having a little home of their own some day. With such prospects, we think, they will be much more likely to fight their way through seasons of darkness and temptation than as at present. The plan will also make the task of rescuing the girls much more agreeable to the officers engaged in it. They will have this future to dwell upon as an encouragement to persevere with the girls, and will be spared one element, at least, 
in the regret they experience when a girl falls back into old habits, namely that she earned the principal part of the money that has been expended upon her. That girls can be rescued and blessedly saved even now, despite all their surroundings, we have many remarkable proofs. Of these, take one or two as examples. J.W. was brought by our officers from a neighborhood which has, by reason of the atrocities perpetrated in it, obtained an unenviable renown, even among similar districts of equally bad character. She was only nineteen, a country girl. She had begun the struggle for life early as a worker in a large laundry, and at thirteen years of age was led away by an inhuman brute. The first false step taken, her course on the downward road was rapid, and growing restless and anxious for more scope than that afforded in a country town, she came up to London. For some time she lived the life of extravagance and show, known to many of this class for a short time. Having plenty of money, fine clothes, and luxurious surroundings, until the terrible disease seized her poor body, and she soon found herself deserted, homeless, and friendless, an outcast of society. When we found her, she was hard and impenitent, difficult to reach even with the hand of love. But love won, and since that time she has been in two or three situations— a consistent soldier of an army corps, and a champion war-cry seller. A ticket-of-leave woman. A.B. was the child of respectable working people, Roman Catholics, but was early left an orphan. She fell in with bad companions and became addicted to drink, going from bad to worse until drunkenness, robbery, and harlotry brought her to the lowest depths. She passed seven years in prison, and after the last offense was discharged with seven years' police supervision. Failing to report herself, she was brought before the bench. The magistrate inquired whether she had ever had a chance in a home of any kind. She is too old, no one will take her, was the reply. But a detective present, knowing a little about the Salvation Army, stepped forward and explained to the magistrate that he did not think the Salvation Army refused any who applied. She was formally handed over to us in a deplorable condition, her clothing the scantiest and dirtiest. For over three years she has given evidence of a genuine reformation, during which time she has industriously earned her own living. A Wild Woman In visiting a slum in a town in the north of England, our officers entered a hole, unfit to be called a human habitation, more like the den of some wild animal, almost the only furniture of which was a filthy iron bedstead, a wooden box to serve for table and chair, while an old tin did duty as a dustbin. The inhabitant of this wretched den was a poor woman who fled into the darkest corner of the place as our officer entered. 
This poor wretch was the victim of a brutal man who never allowed her to venture outside the door, keeping her alive by the scantiest allowance of food. Her only clothing consisted of a sack tied round her body. Her feet were bare, her hair matted and foul, presenting on the whole such an object as one could scarcely imagine living in a civilized country. She had left a respectable home, forsaken her husband and family, and sunk so low that the man who then claimed her boasted to the officer that he had bettered her condition by taking her off the streets. We took the poor creature away, washed and clothed her, and changed in heart and life she is one more added to the number of those who rise up to bless the Salvation Army workers. End of section 27 Recording by Tom Hirsch